0: Good morning, my name is Troy, my wife Darla and I get the absolute privilege to pastor this church. And I really do want to say, if you're visiting, welcome. We're so glad that you're here. And it, it is really a great time to be here. I loved what Malcolm said towards the end. He said, come see how big the family's gotten. I, I love that so much. And I can't wait for the picnic to be able to hang out. I'm going to be at you all in Cornhole. Just want to let you know about that. Uh, we're going to have a volleyball net, which I'm the master at. And uh, in case you want, in case really want to know, I'm going to lose at all of those activities. But I really can't wait to be with you on June 2nd. It's going to be a great time. But I'm just so excited That you are here. If you are visiting, let me just give you a real quick brief of who we are. We are about four things here at Victory growing, guiding, giving, and going. You'll see it on the banners as you walk out. We wanna help people grow to know God. We wanna help guide people to freedom. We wanna help give people an opportunity to serve and operate in their purpose. And then we wanna help you go and make a difference. And I've kind of t- tried to take the past couple of weeks and the next few weeks to let you know where we are already operating as a church in the going and making a difference value. And so a couple of weeks ago, I got to share that we started supporting our very first missionary, Katie Carter in Costa Rica. Come on and give God praise for that. So we're excited about that. A little over a year old, and we've been able, because of your faithfulness, to support A missionary, and she's already working her calendar to be here to be able to tell you more about it and talking about missionships and so many different things. But I wanted to go ahead and thank you. You didn't even know, and this is what's so great about this church, because you faithfully give, there are things happening every week out in our community that you don't even know that you're a part of. Um, And I want to show you, I think we got the picture real quick. I want to show you what we did for the teachers of Rock Springs Middle School here. Check this out. All right, so it was Teacher Appreciation Week. And what you did is you gave them a chocolate fountain, so they came into their teacher's lounge area after dealing with all of our bad kids. They came in, and they were, had their school lunches, and they walked in to that right there, thanks to you, Victory Church, and they all got to enjoy chocolate fountains. Go and give yourself a hand real quick, right? You love people, and that's what I love about this church is you love people, and every week I get to announce next week, the next few weeks, I've got announcements of things you're doing in the community and globally And I'm just so thankful for all that you do. Amen, church? You ready for the word? Hey, we're in a series called You Asked For It, as Pastor Brian said, and we've been taking questions and and kind of putting them together, and we've got incredible questions. And hey, next week is the last week of this series, and if your question didn't get answered, don't worry. I'm taking every one of these questions, and I'm working them into future sermon series. I had somebody ask about uh, finances and how God plays a part in that. We're going to talk about that towards the end of the year. I had a question about loneliness and a question about anxiety. I'm prepping a series right now called In My Feelings, and we're going to talk all about loneliness and anxiety and depression and all of these things that you may be facing. And so that stuff's coming up, and um, it's going to be exciting. But the question I want to talk about today is this question right here. What does a real relationship with God look like? What does a real relationship with God look like? Normally, I would have you turn to a certain place in the Bible, and we would really break that down, but I'm kind of kind of shoot all over the place today, and so I want you to really take notes. If you do need, you just need to turn to a verse, go ahead and turn to Matthew chapter 7, and you'll see that's where we'll start. But, But here's why I really wanted to approach this question. I went to church for the first time at 18 years old, 17, 18 years old. Pastor Brian invited me to church. And that was the first time I ever went in there. And for the next however many years that was, I was in church. And I kept hearing statements like this. You need a relationship with God. Or or, do you have a personal relationship with Jesus? And, And I always wanted to fit in. And so when people would ask those questions, I'd be like, yeah, yeah, sure, yep, yep, sure do. I had no idea what that meant, right? Like, well, I don't even, I don't know. I don't, where's the test? Let me take the test and see if I pass it. If I pass it, I have a relationship with God. And, and we have to be careful because in Christian lingo, we will just go around saying these things to people and we don't even fully understand what they mean. And so I really wanted to talk for a moment today about what does it mean? What does it look like to have a relationship with God? How do I do that, Right? So I want to show you real quick Matthew chapter 7. We're going to look at three verses where it shows how important this is. Jesus says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. So not everyone who, who says my name, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Did I not, did I not preach your word? And in your name, did I not drive out demons? Did I not, like, go around and, you know, cast stuff out of people? And did I not perform miracles? Didn't I do all that in your name? And watch what Jesus says. He said, then I'll tell them plainly, I never knew you. What? So you can do all of those things and not know God? This word, knew, right there, in its original context, in the Greek language, it was the word genosko. That was the word right there. Here's what genosko means. It means to know, to become equ- acquainted with, and to feel. So when Jesus says, you didn't know me, you, you weren't acquainted with me, you didn't, you didn't feel me. It's the same word they use when they, de- when they describe the relationship between husband and wife. So when he talks about Adam and Eve, Adam knew Eve. Now, we're not talking about sexually, but what we're talking about is that emotion, right? The way that you know your spouse. Jesus says, God wants to know you. Like that. I believe the key to life is knowing God. Key to a healthy marriage? Knowing God. The key to a healthy financial situation? Knowing God. I believe the key to life is knowing God. But how do we know God? And so I want to give you what I believe is the most applicable and practical sermon I've probably ever given here at Victory Church. If you got notes, take them. I'm gonna lay out acronyms and everything to help you really walk away. And here's my goal. Is that between now and next Sunday, you'll come back going, man, I did what you said and I feel like I know God better. Amen? So here we go, right off the bat. Number one is this we start a relationship with God by letting God talk to us. Every relationship is conversation. So the Bible is God talking to you. Now, listen, I had a question from somebody that said, How do I hear the voice of God? And do me a favor, if you're in here and and that was your question, go on our podcast. I did a series about a year ago, this time, called Seven. And we talked about the seven ways that you can hear the voice of God, because there's seven ways. But one of those ways, and probably the most common and most practical way, is the Bible. Okay? So watch this. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. All scripture, say all scripture. All scripture is God-breathed. It's God-breathed. God spoke it. One other version says it's God-inspired. You say, now, wait a minute, God wrote the whole Bible? No, let me explain. Uh, have you ever found out it was Mother's Day, late, went and got a card, and you're driving to your mom's house, and you need to fill out the card, and so you let your friend or your wife or your, or your boyfriend or girlfriend, whoever's driving in the car beside you, they get the card, you say, here, write it down, and they go, what do you want to say? And you go, oh, uh, say, mom, I love you, and, she, and then they're writing, mom, I love that's what happened to the Bible. That's what it means by God breathe. God said, hey, Mark, write this. Hey, Matthew, write this. Hey, Luke, write this. So it was God inspired. He's the ghost writer. And so when you see that, that's what it means, okay? So the Bible is God breathe. And then put that verse back up there for me. I'm sorry. It's God breathe. Now watch this. It's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. That's what it's for. So that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every Good work. Thank you, Miss Erica. So here's the deal the Bible is useful for so many things. You can teach, you can inspire, there are virtues, there are instructions. There's all of these things that the Bible is used for. But if we're not careful, we will forget that most importantly, it is God's words to us, it's His voice. Speaking to us. There's literally a scripture that says that Jesus says everything I say comes from the Father. So everything he said God said it first and Jesus is just the mouthpiece by which God is using. So if you've never read your Bible do me a favor just start reading the red letters. Just start reading what Jesus said and when you read it you'll know it's what God is saying to you. And the more you read the Bible, the more you get to know the nature of God and the more you know who God is. And the more we understand that the Bible is God-breathed, watch this, we will have more, uh, more of a respect for its authority and we will have a higher expectation from it, right? And I think the more and more we understand this, the more and more we will start, stop looking at the Bible as a regular book and start looking at it as an ongoing text message from God. In 2019, that's the common way of communication, right? How many of y'all don't even talk on the phone no more? You just text, right? You're like, I don't, don't even come. Just me and you. Everybody else is too cool for text messaging. <laughs> y'all are all Snapchat people, I guess, now, or whatever, looking at yourself as a female or a male, whatever. And so, so I understand. Yeah, I understand. Y'all are cooler than me. Than, than we're cool. And so, but but. That's kind of the common language. So I wanted to illustrate this for you on what it would look like if we viewed the scriptures as just a text message from God. So watch this. So so God sends you a text message, right? Ding. Don't pull your phones out. Don't be trying to pretend like God texted you. Watch this. God told me, hey, give your entire attention to what I'm doing right now. And don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. Y'all needed to hear that? I needed to hear that. For I will help you deal with whatever hard things come up when the time comes. That's God talking to you. Doesn't that help you understand the nature of God? Doesn't that help you understand, like, who God is and the way he operates? So he, so he sends you another. You see the bubbles? He's working on another one. So he sends you next, another one. He says, hey, don't pick on people. Don't pick on people. Jump, don't jump on their failures. Church. Don't criticize their faults. And I love this. Unless, of course, you want the same treatment. I drop an invisible mic right now. We can just walk off and leave. Doesn't that help you understand God? Doesn't that have, man, now, now I feel like I know the nature of God. He he's got a third one. His bubbles are up. Let's go. Here, here's a simple rule of thumb guide for behavior, God said. Ask yourself what you want people to do for you. What do you want people to do for you? Then grab the initiative and go do it for them. I'm telling you, man. All right, hit us with the last one. God, hit us with one more. This is how much I love the world, God said, that I gave my son, my one and only son. And this is why, so that no one would be destroyed. By believing in him, anyone can have a whole and lasting life. I didn't. I love this. This is where God gets gangster. I, I didn't go to all the trouble of sending my son merely to point an accusing finger. You think that's what I would do that for? Telling the world how bad it was? No. He came to help and to put the world right again. Now watch this. Those are all scriptures from the Bible. Three are from Matthew. One is John 3:16 and 17. Man, but when you read it that way, you kind of feel like you know God a little bit better. You still feel like you know His nature a little bit better, like, okay, I, I kind of see how God, I, I, it kind of makes sense. I, I'm, I'm understanding now, and here's what I want you to get in your head. The more you read God, the more you know God. The more you read him, just read what he's got to say. The more you read him, the more you know him. But I understand that, that you might say that it's kind of hard to have a relationship with something or someone that you can't see. I understand So you would say, having a relationship with God is going to take what? Faith. You you gotta have faith. Gotta have faith, the faith, the faith, the. Show my age, none of y'all, okay. Wow, I'm an old guy. And so you gotta have faith to be able to have a relationship with God. And I'm not just saying that because he's physically invisible. I'm saying it because every relationship you have takes faith. Think about it, think about your closest friend there was a time where you didn't even know them they didn't even know them and but you took faith and stepped out right put yourself out there made yourself vulnerable and you met them and you learned things you liked about them and things you didn't like about them and you let them know things about you that nobody else knows and you became a friend every relationship takes faith hear me ladies some of y'all with the men you married you had faith to move a mountain you know what i'm saying you stepped out, girlfriend. You were like, I, just, I see something in him. I just, he, he, he's he's going to be good. Don't worry. 20 years, we're getting there. But you just had faith. Yo, Darla has some faith with me. When she met me, I had on baby blue lugs, baby blue balloon pants with one leg pulled up, baby blue T-shirt, the chain you get from the thing in the middle of the mall where they're like, it's $100. You're like, I give you five. They're like, okay. You know what I mean? That kind of place. The, the big diamond earrings and then the hoops. And I had the, the, the visor hat. Caught to the side because Eminem was my hero. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you talk about some faith. That girl saw me and she felt like Chip and Joe Gaines. You know what I mean? She was like, I'm about to upgrade this fella. <laughs> I, told, I probably told somebody else before, the very first time I ever went to one of her softball games, she didn't even tell her parents who I was. We were dating. She was like, I'm not claiming you right now. I got to restore you a little bit, you know what I mean? Like, you're the truck that's in the garage, and once we get you fixed a little bit, we'll take you around and show you off. But right now, she needed some faith, and that's fine because her faith worked out, you know what I'm saying? I'll put a little, I don't know what, a little snap thing. I don't know how it works. Is she in here? Lord, help us, Jesus. Sorry, man, go rock a baby. And so, it uh, takes faith. takes faith for you to have relationship with God. That's why the Bible says this, faith comes from hearing, and hearing comes from the word of God. How how do I hear the word of God, Troy? How how do I hear it? I'm so glad you asked. I'm an acronym freak, okay? So I'm so glad you asked because I've got an acronym that I use for reading the Bible that I want to give to you. I want you to take notes on this because if you do this, I'm telling you, it's going to help your life, all right? It's the acronym of the word here. So how do I hear the word of God? Here's the first thing you do. The very first thing you do is you heed the word of God. In other words, read it, listen to it, pay attention to it. However it is you put it in your brain, do that. Stop and heed it. Pay attention to it. That's the first thing. Read it, listen to it, whatever it might be. Next is this. Examine it. And this is what I love to teach. The who, what, where, why, and when of the scripture. You read James chapter 1, here's what you ask. Who wrote this? James. Who is James? He's Jesus' half-brother. Oh, my goodness, that changes things. What was the audience he was writing to? Who was he writing? He was writing to brand new Christians. Oh, wow, that, that's important. Where was he when he wrote it? It'll matter to you when you're reading Paul, who's telling you to praise God in all situations, and you learn he's in prison while he's writing it. That's important. When did they write it? What was going on in culture? And why did they write it? You should examine scripture. Do me one favor this week. If Some of you are Bible studiers, and so you're good. Some of you, you've never done it before. Pick one verse and ask those questions. Just sit down Monday and go, all right, who wrote it? Okay, who wrote it. Some of you, it's going to make you look a little bit. You got to look at the front of your Bible, figure out who wrote it. R- all that. Write that down. Write it down. Examine the scripture. Here's what we want to do. We want to read through it so that we can mark the little uh, online uh, uh, devo and say, man, we did it but you don't remember one word you read. I'd rather you read one scripture for an entire year and get it in you than to read the entire Bible. Examine it, and then, watch this, then apply it. After you've examined it, because if you're not careful, you will apply something that the scripture doesn't say. I'll do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do anything. Watch me, I'm gonna go leap a tall bidding. You're dead, because you didn't examine the scripture before you applied it. So then you apply it to your life. What is God saying to me? And then here's my favorite part is you reflect on it. And here's why I'm really big on like a few verses. The word reflect, uh, you know, or, or the word meditate, where it says meditate on the, on, the, on the word of the Lord, meditate in your heart. That word, if you look through, the, again, the Greek, and the, it comes down to the same word they use for a cow when they chew cud. When they, y'all, anybody in here got cows, no cows, eat a cow? Anybody? Okay, okay. They just chew cud. It's just a slow chew. They don't do it. Slow chew. So what it's saying is when you read that verse, slowly chew on it. Go take a shower because you stink. And when you're in the shower, be like, man, I wonder what James said. I wonder what he meant. And then later on when you're in I-24 traffic and instead of cussing people out and honking your horn, be like, I wonder what James meant when he said. And then when you're in your lunch break and you're trying to figure out who stole your lunch, just start reflecting. You know what I mean? It's just chewing on it all day. Just chew on it. all. Chew on it all week. Just chew on it. Chew on it. Chew on it. Chew on it. And get something out of it, right? So how do I hear God in the scripture? Read it, examine it, apply it, and then reflect on it. Here's the idea. Pray about it. God, what are you trying to tell me in this verse? It's so easy for us to look at something and go, I don't understand that. Moving on. And God's sitting right here going, hey, if you'll ask me, I'll tell you what I meant by that. I'll break it down for you because here's what I know, that every scripture is for your life to be changed for the better. But we're intimidated by it. And so we'd rather not read it. We'll read people's quotes all day, right? I'm on Instagram. Yeah, Are you that kind of person that if anything's too long, you don't read it? You know what I'm talking about? It's like, that's three sentences. I ain't reading that. No, no, no. You break that down into bullet points, I'll read it. Like, I'm that kind of guy. So, but just read it and just take one verse and reflect on it. And I'm just learning this. Listen to me. The more you read, God, The more you hear God, the more you hear God, the better you know God. I just believe that. Here's what I'm going to do for our church all summer, starting not this Sunday coming up but next, June 2nd. We're going to take the book of James and we're going to, I'm going to preach it expository. We're just going to go verse by verse by verse by verse by verse all summer. And I'm going to show you what I mean, how to take a scripture that you think doesn't have a lot of meaning and break it. And we're going to talk about who James is and who James is talking to and why he's saying that. And I'm going to take you through an example of that all summer. And when you come out of the summer, you're going to be able, I think, to be able to attack scripture in a way you never had before. You excited about that? Six of you? I know the rest of you be like, oh, we at the lake. I can't study James. I get you. So, first, God talking to us. Then, second is this: you talking to God. Prayer. So, first the Bible is God talking to you. Next is you talking to God. Look at this verse in Mark chapter 1. Very early in the morning while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Where he prayed. The Bible has more than 25 moments where Jesus goes and prays. Jesus, the Son of God, the Resurrector of life, goes and prays. See, I I think more important than where he prayed and how he prayed and what he prayed is the fact that he prayed. I just think it's important that he prayed. It's important for us to pray. But we get so Just confused by it, right? Get get so worried by it. Am I doing it right? Anybody ever done this before? I don't know if I'm praying all right. I don't know if I'm saying the right things. Let me ask you a question that will ruin that thought process for the rest of your life. Is there a wrong way to spend time with someone you love? No. Neither is there a wrong way to pray. Doesn't matter. There's no wrong way to spend time. If you think there is, ask your wife. What do you want me to do? Here's Here's what women normally say. I just want to spend time with you. There's no, I know, brother, I'm sorry. There's no wrong way, and there's no wrong way to spend time with God. But here's what we do. Ah, it's just, it's awkward, though. You know what I mean? I get up, and I go in the living room, and everybody's asleep, and you can hear the house cracking, and I, I, turn, I light the candle, which is awkward. Right? I put the pillow, so I can, like, what are you doing? It's just odd. It's awkward. I understand because the relationship's new. Let me give you an example that is very practical in my life. I'll talk to the guys for a second. Guys, do you remember the first time you got a girl's digits? For those of you, that's a phone number. Okay, seven, seven, seven numbers. Seven? <laughs> it's been a long time since I got some digits. So, so Y'all remember, you know what I'm talking about? All right, my guys? All right, I'm coming, girls, don't worry. You guys, you remember? All right, do you remember the first time you had to call them? Oh, it was so awkward. This is when we had the corded phones. Kids, there used to be phones with a cord, a little, little cord, go around. And then if you were rich, you had the cordless phone, but it would, it would die, so you had to keep it charged. And I remember I would dial the number and my heart would be beaten. The very first girl's phone number I ever got, her name was Anna. Sorry, baby. And she was in seventh grade. That's when we were in seventh grade. And I called her, I was so nervous. I was sweating. You could see the sweat dropping on the phone. And you know, I'm like, Dad, get out of the living room. Carrie, don't say nothing. Mama, leave the house. Like, you know, I just I just need to, I need to nobody talk to me. De- ring, ring. And, you, and they, depending on how old you are, you were like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, And so, so you call, and, and, here, and here's, because we're in the seventh grade, the girl didn't answer the phone, her mama answered the phone. So she's like, hello, always sounded like, you know, like she should be in the, like maybe she was in the living room sweeping or something, I'm like, hey, is, is hi, miss, uh, whatever her last, I don't know what her last name was, hi, hi miss, miss so-and-so, um, and this is literally what my voice was, <laughs> is, uh, is Anna there? And she would be like, yes, sweetie, hold on. And I could hear her in the background. You know, she'd be like, Anna. And you'd be like, yes, mom. Uh, there's a phone call for you. It's a boy. You know, and you're sitting there going like, oh, what's she going to say? Because I can hear her. So if she goes, oh, tell him I'm not here. You know, tell him I'm washing my hair. Like, you don't want that. You know? And, uh, and as I was like, literally, my heart was beating. And she'd come to the phone. She'd be like, hello. And I'd be like, ah. <laughs> what you doing? You know what I mean? Like, you, you know, It's so awkward. Girls, let me talk to you for a second because I'm, I'm not a girl, so I don't know what it was like for you on the other end. Was it the same for y'all where you're at home and you're kind of chilling and you know you've given a number to a boy and you're sitting there and maybe you were one of those girls that you're like by the phone, I don't know, but you're doing your thing and then you'd hear mom go, you know, so-and-so, yeah, mom, there's a phone call for you. Would your heart start, oh my goodness, it could be him, oh my goodness. And so like you're tripping on people kinda run down the stairs to get the phone. Yeah, hello, oh my God, oh. You know, like it's just that moment, it's so awkward. It's so awkward. There's nothing worse than the first phone call. Me and Darla's first phone call was awkward. But let me talk to married couples for a minute. Now, you will have full-blown conversations on the toilet. Am I right? Am I right? You're so comfortable now. You will talk flat out like, marital plans for your daughter in the bathroom because you're so comfortable because look over time what's odd becomes very ordinary and what's awkward becomes very automatic just is what me and darla talk all the time it's not i don't ever have an odd moment with her and talking now we talk less because we know everything about each other but it's never odd because we've been together for like a hundred years you know what i mean and it's the same thing with God. I know it's awkward now, and it's going to be awkward now. But if you'll just be faithful to it, what's awkward will become automatic. And what is odd will eventually become ordinary. She's you're like, I don't know, man. I don't know how to talk to God. How do I, how do I talk to God? Well, I'm so glad you asked. Y- y'all didn't know y'all were coming with questions today. Because I gave you another acronym. This time using the word talk, and this is literally how I pray. I'm laying it out for you. Number one is this. You start off by thanking him. If you don't know what to say, just thank him. Look what it says, Psalm 104, enter his gates with thanksgiving. So when I pray in the morning, a lot of you that go to church here know I pray at the gym, I walk the little circle. When I pray, I start off thanking him. And because I've normally prayed the day before, I thank him for that day. Man, Lord, thank you for that meeting I had. I got to meet recently with the pastor of the Experience Community Church in Murfreesboro. His name's uh, Corey Trimble, an amazing guy. I got to hang out with him. I was like, Lord, thank you. Thank you for that relationship. I connected with him. Thank you for, for Ken and Vonnie came over to the house and we studied the Bible together. Thank you for that. Thank you for my wife. Thank you for my kids. Thank you for my kids again. Thank you for my kids and the fact that I hadn't killed them. You know, I was just, just, just <laughs> thinking, just thanking God, thank God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Some days, the whole day will be thanking him. And some days you don't have much to thank him for. It's okay. But start off by thanking him, right? Then now ask him. Ask him all your prayer requests. Ask him all your family's prayer requests. Ask him everybody in the church's prayer requests. Ask him, ask him, ask him. And you don't have to get all like, Lord, I want you to bless me. Be like, God, I need some money. You know what I mean? Like, like just, just be real with him. Talk with him. Ask him for, if you're anxious about anything, ask him. Just, just ask him. Now, those two are probably normal. You've probably heard them before. These next two are a little different, I want to explain. Next is lament to him. Lament means to cry out in agony. (laughs) It means to complain, okay? Let God know you got some problems, all right? I don't don't like the Christianity theology that says you should always enter into God, you should always be happy and grateful. Look, me and I I have, let's do it this way. Uh, Josh, your kids, has there ever been a moment where they've spoken to you and they were not happy? Oh, okay, okay, okay. Uh, Monica. Your kids. Uh, has there ever been a moment where they spoke to you and they weren't happy? Always. Okay. So, so what I'm picking up on, uh, Brittany, Adam, Paisley's how old now? She's a year and a half. Sweet little baby. Has there ever been a moment where she's spoken to you in any kind of form where she was not happy? Yes. Okay. So here's what I'm picking up on: is that kids are allowed to go to their father and their mother even when they aren't happy? So, and then I love this verse, Psalm 102.1, let my cry for help come to who? You quit gossiping and complaining to us and start talking to God. Man, if y'all could put some type of microphone on me in the morning, I'll be walking going like, God, I don't even understand. Are you kidding me? How did you, I mean, I, you couldn't do that? You are the creator. What is wrong? I didn't, that didn't make no sense to me. Are you serious? She, did you hear what Darla said to me? You know, I mean, it just be. I'm kidding. I said it. But I would just be letting him have it. Just lamenting to him. And God is not up there going, who do you think you're talking to? I think God's up there going, yep. Okay. Same thing we do with our kids. Okay, yep, okay. Oh, uh, uh, yep, okay. But if it's genuine, then I think we are, I think God's to us like we are with our kids. Baby, come here. I know that upsets you. So Casey Ray is in a season right now where she's stealing all of Veda's toys. She will sneak, out, sneak into her bedroom and steal her toys. And then throw them away because she thinks they're old. Can y'all talk to God for me? You know what I'm saying? I was talking to Veda. Veda's crying about it, and I had a moment where I just said, baby, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. We'll we'll try to figure out a way. We can put your toys in the closet. We can lock the door. We can do something, put an alarm on your bedroom door. I don't know. Like, like, baby, I'm truly sorry. Like, I hate that for you. I hate that for you. I think that's how God is. Like, man, you know, son, daughter, I hate that for you. I'm sorry. I hate that for you. I just believe it is. So I believe we have to be able to lament to him. And here's my favorite one. i got to explain this. Last but not least, kick it with him. Kick it with him. Be okay to have pointless, useless conversation with God. Once again, I'm going to record one of my prayer times. I'm going to just show you. You're going you're gonna to think I'm a complete lunatic. Because I'll be walking and I'll be like, man, God, I don't know. Like, should I play tennis? Like, I don't know. Like, why, did you ever, why is the ball green? Like, let's be honest. Like, is that green or is that like reflector yellow? Like, I don't, oh, oh, man, I'm sorry. I pray for Tim. He's got to watch Charlie by himself this weekend. Well, bless him. And then, by the way, why, is Penny going to be able to get the number one recruiting class? Do you, do you, are you involved in basketball, God? You know what I mean? It's just random kicking it with God. And then I didn't put this on there, but here's the other one. It's just silence. I thought about it. I was talking about Tim. Me and Tim have been close friends for a long time. And Tim can come over to my house, and we can sit on the same couch for three hours and not say a word. (laughs) Just sit there and chill. Because when you're good friends, you don't always have to be talking. And this is what I'm talking about with God. How do, just just uh, all these things. Thank him. This is a pattern for you. I understand that it's not organic right now. That's fine. But do this. You'll come in military at first. Lord, I thank you. Lord, I ask you. Lord, I lament to you. And Lord, I kick it with you. <laughs> you know, you'll do that at first. You'll do it at first. But eventually, it'll just become who you are. You become chill and normal. It'll just be, man, I just, I'm just with him. I'm just, I'm just talking to him. Because here's the problem. Uh, y- y'all text message, we say, he put that text message up for me. Here, here, here's the problem with any conversation. Is your conversation with God can't be all gray. There's gotta be some blue. This is when relationship happens. For a lot of us, if there's anything, there's a lot of gray. God's talking. And there's no blue. And the conversation happens when there's blue and gray, blue and gray. You can send God a GIF, you know, or GIF, whatever it is, you technology people. That's the conversation, being able to talk. I I think the biggest problem with prayer is us. We make it such a difficult thing. Oh, it's so difficult. I don't even, you end up being stressed out by, it. can you just have an ongoing conversation with God? And this is what made me think about it. First Thessalonians, I think we've probably all heard this. It's either been crocheted on a pillow or something like that, like it's been in your life. Rejoice always, and here it is, pray continually. You've probably seen it like this, pray without ceasing. I thought, how stupid is that? Because just be with me for a second. And Y'all got to remember, I'm, I'm, I'm very real when I read scripture. Could you imagine if I prayed without ceasing? Could you see me at Kroger getting some M&Ms, like, Lord, I just want to think I'd be walking by people, and they'd be like, what's wrong with this cat? Right? We went to watch Debbie play tennis at Lee Victory Park. I was surrounded by people. There's people doing yoga, basketball. Imagine if I was just on the thing praying. Oh Lord, we thank you. Glory to the high. You know, people be like, what is, who is this guy? Like, what is happening? So I never really fully grasped the concept of just pray continually. And then all of a sudden, God gave me something to make it real to me. And that's called the app Marco Polo. And when, y'all, y'all it's familiar, okay? Y'all don't text, but y'all Marco Polo. There we go. Figured it out. There we go. All right. So let me tell, and for those of you that you haven't graduated in 2019, let me explain to you what it is. It's a video text messaging, I've talked about this before. And so you can can record yourself, say, hey, how you doing? Hit it, send it, it'll send it to whoever you're sending it to. And it's just kind of kept on their phone until they view it. And then they can view it, record them responding, send it to you, and it stays on your phone until they view it. And so it's basically text messaging with video. And Darla and I, you know, in the young years of the church, we're constantly going back and forth, running here and there, so we're, a lot of times during the day, we don't see each other, and so we'll talk to each other through Marco Polo, so I can see how pretty she is, and she can see how ugly I am, and so we just like to be able to ex- exchange that, and be able to talk through that, and, and, and I realized something, the other day, I responded to her, and it was nine hours after she sent hers, yeah, marriage counseling, y'all, talk, talk to him for me, and so... Um, but here's what I realized, and here's what the Lord showed showing me. When I get up and go to that prayer time in the morning, I am starting a Marco Polo with God. Hey, God, thanking him, asking him, lamenting to him, kicking it with him. And that thing goes. And now I go work out and go do whatever, but that's there. That's there. And at any point, I can be pumping gas, and I can pull it out. But, hey, God, let me ask you a question about this. And it's just an ongoing conversation. That's what it means by pray without ceasing. In your heart, it's ongoing. And in God's heart, he's plugged in the whole time. He's he's omnipresent, y'all, which means he can be talking to Dallas all day and talking to me all day at the same time. He's just tuned in to you. One time, so here's the deal with Marco Polo. If you leave the app pulled up, it will do nothing until the person responds. It will just start their video. So let's say Darla's like, hey, babe, what are you doing? It could be nothing, but as soon as she... Ends the recording, it'll just pop up on my phone. Hey babe, how you doing? So I had my phone in my back pocket. I had sent her, or I had somehow the app had opened by accident. It's in my back pocket. I'm at the gas station and I'm pumping gas, and all of a sudden I say, Hey babe, how you doing? Today? And I'm like, What the, what's going on? <laughs> I thought she'd done snuck in the car or something, you know? I'm like, who's watching our kids? And so I'm freaking out, and it was her talking to me. And that's what I mean by an ongoing conversation with God is you give him the right to speak to you at the gas station. You ever been doing something like, ooh, I think God just told me something. He did! Because it was open communication for you. Smith Wiggleworth said this I never go 20 minutes, or I never, I never pray longer than 20 minutes, but I never go more than 20 minutes without prayer. It's crazy. It's just that ongoing. So it's God talking to you and you talking to God. God talking to you, and I know you're like, man, that's real basic. It might be, but guess what? It is what it is. If we want a relationship with God, let him talk to you, and then you talk to him. Now, this third point I wrestled with a lot because when I started piecing this sermon together, I came up with about 11 or 12 things that I think you and I have to Put into our lives to have a relationship with God. Let me explain what I mean by that. You can't have a relationship with me and hate my kids. It's not going to happen. You you can't have a relationship with me and despise my wife. It's not going to happen. There are attributes about me. You have to know me, but you also have to be a part of other things to fully know me. Right? So as I'm writing all these things down, I'm like, all right, God, which one am I going to pick for the third one? And I could not pick one. I kept saying, God, all of these are equally important to fully knowing who you are. And then he showed me a verse, and, and let me give you the third point, and I'll explain it. The third point is this. The third thing you need is Jesus, who is the relationship revealer. Let me explain. So in Matthew chapter 11, verse 27, it says this. All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father. No one knows Jesus except God, okay? Hmm, that's interesting. And then no one knows the Father except the Son. Now, wait a minute. We're supposed to be getting to know God, and now you're telling me that nobody knows him but Jesus. Then then is this a waste of my time? And then the verse goes on to say, and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. I read that, I thought, okay, okay. So the only way I can get to know God is if Jesus chooses to reveal him to me. Wow. What if he doesn't? <laughs> what if I'm one of those guys that Jesus is like, nah, I ain't giving him you. Like, like what, what how, how does that process work? And then here's what I thought God was telling me. And I'm going to show you, don't put that last slide up yet. I'm going to explain this for a second. Jesus, for three, 33 and a half years, modeled, taught on, and revealed all of the things we need to know God. Because he wasn't going to pick and choose. He wanted everybody to have the opportunity. So he modeled all these things. He taught all of these things. He, he, he laid out all of these things. And guess what? It was up to the disciples and the people to choose whether or not they were going to participate in those things and get to know God. And so they did, and now that's what we have in our scripture. So I'm going to show you, and I think this is not all of them, but I'm going to show you what I think is about 10 of them or so, maybe 11, things that I believe Jesus did, he actually did, and then the disciples did to be used as tools to reveal to you and I who God is. Here we go. You ready? Here we go. So one of them, the Holy Spirit. I think God gave us the Holy Spirit so that we could, it could be revealed to us more of who God is is. So if if you don't have the Holy Spirit, or that's not the right wording. I'm going to teach on this next year, don't worry. But if uh, if you don't allow the Holy Spirit to work in your life, then there's a part of God that you don't know, right? Next is faith. I think Jesus operated in faith and taught us faith because when we operate in faith, there's a part of God we get to know that we wouldn't have been able to know without faith. Next is the church, where you are right now. There are things you'll never know about God, natures and relationship attributes of God. You won't know if you don't go to his church. Next, generosity. You will never fully know God if you aren't a generous person. Prayer, talked about that. Fasting. Some of you, you never fasted before. I'm telling you, you will never know certain parts of God until you fasted. And those of you that have fasted, you know what I'm talking about because you find yourself in such a place of desperation and you reveal a part of God you never even knew was there fellowship y'all can amen to this until you're with God's people there's a part of God you hadn't really hadn't really met y'all you know what I'm talking about when you get with a good bunch of group of godly people and you're like man this is I just feel this is just great yeah because you are unveiling a part of God you didn't even know yet serving this is this is what we're about here you're here on purpose because you have a there's no way you will ever experience God like you will by serving other people Jesus said, "I didn't come to be served. I came to serve." I'm telling you, worship. It's nothing like worship. It doesn't matter if you worship. They said, "It doesn't matter if you're the touchdown worshiper, it doesn't matter if you're the carry, the bread worshiper. It doesn't matter if you're It doesn't matter. You can do you can be on one knee, two knees, no knees. Whatever you want. It doesn't matter. But worship, whatever that looks like for you. And then witnessing. Man, there is I'm telling you, if you've ever tried to share the gospel with somebody, it just opens up a door. To, to, a, to a nature of God and I, I, here's one I thought about when I was praying I didn't add and that's trials because man when you go through something there's like a new nature of God is unveiled that you never knew before and, it, and I wanted to show you this is all these are, these are all throughout the Gospels but I wanted to show you the Matthew reference for every one of them to let you know I'm not, I'm not making this up Jesus did every one of these things and then his disciples did every one of these things and it's in Mark and Luke and John but this was Matthew specifically so if you want to take a picture you can look it up you can see it these are the things that I think Jesus did he did them, and then his disciples saw him do them, and his mindset was this. If you will do these, the Father will reveal himself to you. So let me tell you, church, what, what, I'm, what I mean by this. I, I hope you start with the, with the conversation, you talking to him, him talking to you, prayer, Bible, prayer, Bible, but there'll be a time. Some of you, you're already there. Some of you, you've already done this. Some of you are getting there where you're gonna have to start implementing these things for you to get to really know God. Some of you know me because after service you shake my hand when you leave. Some of you know me because you're on the dream team and we're together Saturdays and Sundays and after service. Some of you know me because we've been to lunch together, to dinner together. Some of you know me because you've been over to my house. Some of you know me because 10 years ago, we were together before there was ever even a church. There's different levels of knowing, me, right? And there's different levels of knowing God. And you're not a bad person if you're on the shaking hand God level. Pastor Brian kind of talked about this a couple weeks ago, it's really powerful. You're, 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 not on, you're not a bad person. You're, you're a great person, you're knowing God. But I'm telling you, the more you do these things, the more you get to know God better. You step out in faith or something. Some of you gave in Purpose Prevails last year. It was the first real faith step you've had financially your whole life, and now you feel like you know God better. Some of you, you're in a small group, and now you feel like you know God better. Some of you are reading Bible. You're praying. You're, you fasted for the first time this year when we did our 21 days of fasting. You feel like you know God better. This is how it works, church. So if you're ever wondering, how do I know God personally? Here you go. Start doing them. Well, I don't know where to start. Well, guess what? You found the right place. We do all of these. You can be a part of all of them. And here's what I believe I'm going to do for those of you that care, is next year I'm going to preach through every one of these. And we're going to represent them because here's why. Some of you have heard about the Holy Spirit and it's been taught to you in a wrong way and you don't understand it. And I want to teach it right. Some of you have been talked about witnessing and it's not right. Faith and it's not right. I want, I want to represent it to you. And I want you to be able to say that from January of 2020 to December of 2020, you grew in your relationship with God. That is my desire for you is to just move one step closer to a great relationship with God. Just learn a little bit more. Be taught something a little bit more. Just just read this. Just say that. Just do this. And just get a little bit closer and a little bit closer and a little bit closer. Amen? That's as practical and as applicable as I could possibly make it. I gave you things to do tonight. I gave you things to do tomorrow. I gave you things to do for the entire year of 2020. And if you will commit to it, I promise you, I will, no, I won't say that. <laughs> that was going to be bad. Uh, it was going to, y'all might take that negative. But I promise you, if you do what I'm talking about, at the end of 2020, you're going to come to me and go, man, I've never known God like I know him right now. And here's why I can say that to you with 100% honesty, is because that's what happened in my life. I went to church for many years and I didn't know God. But I knew how to play church. And then these things started happening. And I started understanding these things and godly people and witnessing and faith and fasting and Holy Spirit and prayer. And I haven't arrived. I'm like, Paul, man, I hadn't reached that goal. There are people in here right now, you know God better than I'll ever know him. I think Bobby literally hangs with God every day. I think him and Larry have coffee with them on Saturday mornings. Like it's that, they're that spiritual. And it's great. We're all learning and getting better, right? We're all moving. And all I'm saying to you is, hey, let's do it together. Let's just take one step. Get get to know him a little bit better. Make that relationship a little bit stronger. And I'm telling you, it's going to revolutionize our lives. Amen? Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for who you are, your faithfulness. God, you're alive. I thank you for Jesus, who's the revealer of the relationship with you. And I pray right now for everybody who's sitting in this seat. I know I wish I would have heard this message years ago. There's somebody in here, they came in today and they've, they've wanted a relationship with you, but they don't know what that looks like. God, I, I pray they were educated a little bit today. And I pray as Pastor Brian comes and gives the opportunity for them to commit their heart to Jesus, I pray they do that. Lord, I thank you for those that are going to get baptized, who, who are saying out loud the change in their life, that they want to grow. I thank you for the couple that came over to my house and they just wanted to know the Bible more. And we went through the book of James. Lord, I thank you for all of that. And I thank you that you're so available for us That literally you're talking to us and all we've got to do is listen and then talk back. And God, there is the relationship. I pray for the person right now who's heard so many wrong things about you. They've heard all this judgment concept and they don't even understand it. They don't understand what it means that you are a good God and you are a good judge. They don't understand what that means. God, whatever reason, you've been miscommunicated and they've shoved you away. And Lord, I just pray right now that the only way they can ever know who you really are is to ask you. Just get to know you. So God, I give us, I give you this church and pray that from now, the next year, you would help every one of us grow just a little bit closer, grow a little bit further in knowing you and having a strong relationship with you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said...